This episode of the Cutting Edge Podcast is brought to you by GlassGadget.com. Showcase Innovations creates tools that help shower door installers be more efficient and save time. Check out GlassGadget.com for more information. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another Wednesday evening live stream with the Shower Door Professionals. Wow, this is awesome. I mean, I pinch me. Is this really happening? I think it is. It happens every week about this time. So uh, thanks for joining us. Great to see all of the regulars and even some of the irregulars, you know. Uh, you got to have them too. And uh, yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, if you would like to join us here in the Zoom call, you can just click on the link there in the Facebook post. There's also a post on uh, LinkedIn. If that's where you're finding us, go ahead and just uh, click it and come on in. Join us on the call. It's going to be a special call tonight. Ah, I'm so excited to have James Aiken with us tonight. This guy, well, what can I say about this guy? You probably already know about him and um the brothers and, you know, the uh, the whole uh, Diamond Seal Systems thing. It's been around for a long time. It's, uh, it's uh, they've been through some changes and, um, but they're always innovating. And I love these guys. We go way back. I really can't say enough good stuff about them. But finally, we've got James on. I've been after him for a while. And there's been uh, a number of people in the group who've actually, um, said, hey, man, when are you going to get this guy on? You know, I'm like, oh, I'm trying, I'm trying. You know, he's a busy guy. It's hard to hit uh, like a moving target, you know. <laughs> but with all the stars lined up, here we are tonight. We have him. Uh, James, thanks so much again for coming on. Really, really appreciate it and excited to hear what you're going to uh, share with us. Well, it, it's a pleasure. It really is a pleasure. And, uh, how's everybody doing? Everybody doing okay tonight? And you're all probably just getting off the trucks and Doing your installations we're, and we're doing people. great. Yeah. Good, 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 good. Well, <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but I come from the shower door industry. I started doing shower doors when I was uh, still in high school, just out of high school. Um, my brother started uh, selling shower doors. Uh, was, he was about four and a half years older than me. Uh, called me up one day and said, I sold a big project on La Cienega, La Cienega and Sunset in uh, in, in Los Angeles uh, called the Park Wellington Towers. And I said, well, I don't know how to install shower doors, but I guess I'll learn, you know. I needed the money, I was a young kid. So uh, we installed, that's how I kind of learned. We installed a lot of shower doors uh, and a lot of mirrors. We cut a lot of mirrors, put up a lot of mirror walls, a lot of Pullman mirrors and whatnot. And uh, so that's kind of how I started and I kind of got pulled into it. Um, when I was 19, uh, there was a couple of hotels going up in Santa Ana, California. And uh, I just pulled over and, and, and just did a cold call. And uh, these guys hadn't let out their shower doors yet. And we're talking about a lot of units. And uh, so I went in there and I was there every day talking to the super and just bugging him and bugging him. And they hadn't let out the shower doors. And he's like, who is this young kid? Who is this kid? You know, I said, well, I have my shop down the street. We can do your shower doors, we can do your mirrors. Well, one day I came back in, he had a contract sitting on his table for me. So I went back to the back to my shop. My brother was in there and said, you're making me your partner. 
<laughs> I just sold you a $60,000 job. So he says, okay, you're my partner. So I went out and got my contractor's license and uh, it was history ever since. Um, but we did have a downfall in the market. I think maybe Chris might know this being in California in, in uh, the late 80s and early 90s, there was a dip in the market that was pretty bad. Uh, we were we were the second largest uh, commercial in installation company called Rainbow Companies. And um, we were with a company called RGC. I remember them calling us into their office and saying, hey, uh, uh, you know, we can't pay your full amount. We can only pay you 35 cents on the dollar. And, and, and that was really shocking to me that, that you'd think that, that that could happen to your company because 35 cents on the dollar doesn't even cover your cost. So uh, it was either take it or leave it. And so we had to take it. And we had probably about um, probably about $200,000 in outstanding invoices with this company. We ended up getting maybe, uh, you know, like $60,000, uh, which was just, it was brutal. So, um, so I, I kind of got innovative. I kind of started using uh, some sealers, different sealers to, to do add-ons to shower doors to make them so they were hydrophobic and easy to clean for my customers. Uh, we were doing cold calls on custom estates all along the coast and, and, you know, and hitting them up saying, hey, uh, would you like to put this coating on? It'll make your shower door easier to clean. Uh, it, it'll make it uh, so it's, you don't have to be a slave to your shower door. And so it, it really caught on. And we were also at the Orange County Marketplace, which was a spot meet. So we got a lot of leads out there. And um, so selling it out there and then doing the coatings and thought, you know, how do we make this stuff better? Because we're basically buying off the shelf product. So we wanted to make it our own. So we started fooling with the lab and started working with some chemists. Um, Dr. Richard Hart was one of them. Uh, he let us uh, actually work out of his lab. Uh, which he had a 10,000 square foot facility in Irvine. He let us actually have a couple offices there. We learned a lot from him uh, in the coatings. And so uh, we developed a nano-based coating that makes a three-bridge covalent bond to the last standing oxygen atom and substrate. And so we were doing this product. And, and in 2000, 2001, we got a phone call from NASA. And they said, hey, we want you guys to come up and show us your product, show you, show us what you have. So uh, we drove up to JPL and uh, we went in there and we, they took pictures of us. And we had to go through a, a security <laughs> protocol. All right? the screening and stuff, right? But they did it right on the spot, you know. Mm -hmm. They already knew us. They kind of knew who we were because they kept calling, hey, you guys coming up. So we came up and they gave us a map and said, okay, you're going to go meet Dr. Dr. Paul. And uh, so they gave us this map and we get on the campus and I'm like, looking at this map, I go, got to, got to figure out where this, his office is. So we're on this campus and we see all kinds of strange things going on. There was one guy up in a way up in a tree. I mean, this guy was up about 50 feet up in a tree and up with a computer. I'm like, what the hell is that guy doing? You know? And then another guy flying by on a little, not flying by, but cruising on a little scooter, the, the kind of scooters you see today, but you didn't see him back then. You know, in 2001, and, and you saw some strange thing. Well, we came across the building, and the building had it had no windows. And I thought, how can this be? You know, his building. There's no windows here. This is very odd. So we go in. There was no elevator. We climb up the stairs, 
uh, we get up to the third floor and we get to his office. And all there was was boxes just stacked to the ceiling. And I thought, geez, you know, what is the storage room? And we said, hey, Dr. Paul, Dr. Paul. And he goes, hey, I'm in here. Come on in, fellas, you know. So we go in, we've been through these boxes, and we're like, well, where are you? He was under his desk, and he was fiddling with our stuff under his desk on a piece of glass. And he comes back up, you know, bumps his elbow, oh, you know, he comes back up, and he goes, well, I'm really amazed at what you boys have here, because we have the same technology, but ours has solids in it, like gold and trillium and different different types of elements in it that our product didn't have. And he says, "Wow, for the for the for the retail or what to say it was for the uh, uh, well for the aerospace, but it was for you know it was for the for the general public market." He said, "This is incredible stuff. Uh, you're going to what we call a super hydrophobic." Uh, surface uh, tension angle, uh, which was uh, 16 dynes per centimeter, which is about a contact angle, about 105. Uh, so that's where the water beads up at a very high rate. Uh, but the main thing he told us that we had, which, the, which was the jewel, that we know that nobody else has this, there's only one other company that, that has anything close, is that it stops corrosion. It stops oxidation. That's the biggest key for glass is if you can stop the oxidation of glass, just like we take antioxidants, right? We take vitamin C, we take vitamin E, you know, we want to stop the oxidation. Just like on car paint, people wax cars, they don't want to oxidize the paint. Right. right. So oxidation is when you have hydrogen and oxygen getting together. Uh, it causes kind of an acid release, it kind of eats at the surface. So uh, we want to stop that oxidation. So that was the biggest key. And he said, this is a long lasting product you guys develop. Uh, and, uh, you know, so being hydrophobic is, is one of the keys. You, you can make glass hydrophobic with wax, right? Sure. You can make glass hydrophobic with, with Rain-X or uh, with any of your off the shelf type of products that are mm -hmm. out there. They're all good products. Uh, they don't, just don't last as long. Uh, but they don't stop the hype, they don't stop that corrosion. And the idea is we did a test with the uh, Lasco Bathler years ago, and they did an accelerated salt and soap scum test uh, in an accelerator. And uh, this took about a month. And it, 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 it resembled 6.7 years uh, in the machine. It, it resembled that, that timeline. And they said, well, they took the glass panels out of the machine and they looked filthy. They looked absolutely corroded. Uh, they had two panels. They had one that was treated and one that wasn't. They said, these are filthy. So they went and cleaned them. Well, the one that didn't have the treatment, they couldn't get clean. The water stains were too bad on the glass, so they couldn't get it clean. So on the other one, uh, they cleaned it and they said, man, you could put this glass back in the box and resell it. Um, and you could resell it. So I thought, you know, I guess we're on to something here. So we have that test and I can give you guys that test that shows that data. So what I'm saying there is even if your customers let the glass go, you know, look like garbage after so many years, you can actually get in there and just clean it down uh, and make it look brand new again. And, and, it, and when you clean it, as long as you're not cleaning glass with acid, like the 550s or the acid-based cleaners and scrub-based cleaners, you're not going to hurt the coating. 
the thing about glass is you should never use acid on glass uh, because you actually are opening pores of the glass mm -hmm. and allowing for uh, a corrosion acceleration to take place. Whether it's treated or not, acid is never a good solution for glass. No. And a lot of people, you know, say, hey, man, use lemon. Yeah, vinegar, right? Vinegar. Yeah. Right? And, and then you go, oh, well, yeah, it looks great. But then they have to start using it more often, more often, more often, more often. And then pretty soon the glass gets so smooth that you can't get into the poreness of the glass to pull out the magnesium and calcium. Hmm. And it's the magnesium and calcium. See, glass is a liquid. It's not a liquid solid. It is an elastic solid. Okay. Glass of years ago was a liquid solid, like in the 1800s, early 1900s was more of a liquid solid. And you, can, you know this by when you look at like ancestral uh, homes and whatnot, where they have the glasses thicker at the bottom and thinner at the top because the molecules have moved and shifted. And, and because gravity has dropped those molecules down to so the glasses thicker at the bottom and top. Well, glass is no longer a liquid solid. They call them elastic solid. Very stable. Okay, glass is very stable, but it's elastic, so it can flex without breaking, which is, which is a tremendous thing for glass. One thing about glass is that um, annealed glass is actually has a stronger surface structure than tempered glass. Mm. Tempered glass is very soft, and that's why tempered glass being in a bathroom can corrode a lot faster without some type of protection on it. Uh, glass is 73% silicus. The rest of it is magnesium and calcium and a little bit of iron. And iron is what gives glass that greenish hue. So that's why people order, they might order, if they go with the thicker glass, the greener the hue. If you go with like three-eighths or half-inch glass, you might say, hey, I want starfire or I want white water glass. And they take the iron out as much as they can. And now you have a, a much more clear piece of glass. Uh, you know, people that have really nice tile or nice granite or whatever they're putting in the shower and they really want to show that off. They don't want to show. That's what I tell them. What's that? That's what I tell them. Well, yeah. I it's going to be glass, right? Right. It's going to be a little more expensive for them. <laughs> that's right? right. That's right. I don't know how much it is now, but I remember it being uh, pretty darn expensive. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It was $18 a square foot or $24 a square foot. It was crazy. Yeah, I usually tell people it'll add about 25% to the total cost of your okay. enclosure. Do you get That's a lot of people who are from Starfire? Oh, yeah. Here, here we saw a lot of it here yeah. in beautiful Santa Cruz, California. Yeah, I had a job close up to your way that uh, we, we did glass restoration as well. I mean, we, we were the glass guys. I mean, we did glass <laughs> restoration. We were using the, the Cody's product, um, Glass Renew. Great guy, great family, great product. And we were used this up and actually we used that up in uh, up in Brentwood on a house. And this house had all Starfire glass. And all the glass, all the windows were completely, Starfire is very soft. Very soft. So all this glass was just scratched at hell. So we went up there and took all the scratches out of the glass and coated it. And uh, I think this job ended up being somewhere around 80 grand to restore all that glass. That was crazy. But anyway, uh, do you guys use Starfire? Any you get other guys use Starfire glass at all? Yeah, and 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 I, I know that used to have a different name for it called Whitewater. I don't know if Whitewater is still a name for for the low iron. Um, Opti White. Okay. Oh, Opti White. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. okay. I, I use ultra clear. Ultra clear. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so anyway, the so glass has got the, got those things in it, but glass also has magnesium and calcium and that's the bad. The magnesium and calcium is also in water, right? So oxidation begins when you have like uh, molecules or like chemicals uh, wanting to embrace each other. So you have the magnesium and you have the calcium drawing from the glass because the water is a hard water. It can happen faster with a hard water, but it can still happen even if you have a water softener or water purification system, because it, it really doesn't matter the quantity uh, because you're putting a lot of water on the glass anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're still going to get a lot of magnesium and calcium on the glass. So these guys want to bond to each other. So the pH level goes down and acid starts to create and you start getting little tiny riverbeds in the glass that etch the glass. And then what do you want to do? You want to go in there and you want to scrub that glass with some type of acid based cleaner or some kind of scrubbing agent. Yeah. It's not good. So when we put a product like ours on, Okay, and it makes a three bridge covalent. Three bridge covalent means that we're sharing positively charged ions in the in the atom. Okay, and we're sharing all three. Okay, with the oxygen. But the key, one of the key factors uh, in making this product work, or any product work uh, for any extended period of time, is using an isopropyl alcohol with water. Okay, if you're using a spray away, which is a great product, or you're using Windex or something like this, this has distillates in it. It could have petroleum, petroleum in it, and it doesn't clear out the silica dust from the factory or any petroleum from fingerprints and whatnot. To get that glass pristine and ready for application, it's best to use uh, isopropyl alcohol blend 50-50 with purified water. And that'll get that glass pristine and ready for the application. And that way you can get uh, the carbon atoms to the last standing oxygen atom, making that three bridge covalent bond for a long lasting protection against corrosion. Mm -hmm. You do get hydrophobicity of, like I said, 104. So that's where the water beats up at a high rate. But we do another product on top of that as kind of a superficial that lasts about two years to create a more hydrophobicity and also create an anti-static effect on the glass. If you can make glass, glass has static in it, it's like plastic. Glass is closely related to plastic. Uh, it has a static charge in it. Um, so do window screens, they have a, a, a high static charge. Sure, yeah. Yeah, so if you put a stat, and so do mirrors. Oh my God, mirrors are like the worst. Yeah. Uh, but if you put an anti-static top coat that, that keeps that hydrophobicity, and also helps it go through transit without scratching the glass. That's what the liquid diamonds does. Um, and that goes on top of the diamondized XP. So you're getting something that's not only super hydrophobic, 16 dimes per centimeter, or 105 contact angle, you're also getting something that's anti-corrosive. These other products aren't anti-corrosive unless they're built in the slump stage. And there's only one product that's built in the slump stage. Okay, uh, and that's doing ion beam, and that's 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 a very expensive product. I believe it's Guardians. Um, it's a great product, but, and it can it can do that, but but it's you know it's a little pricey. Um, but all these products are great. They all they all do, you know, the hydrophobicity thing. But we want to go a little further. We want something that's going to last a long time, even in like an apartment where people don't take care of their shower doors or a rental. 
you know, high-end rental unit. You've got these three-eighths or half-inch glass doors. You've got these buttress panels, notches. You've got the butterfly hinges. You've got the no-top headers, the daylight corner and all this. These people are spending four, five, six thousand dollars $6,000 for the shower on. Mm-hmm. You know, and they've got these people going in and renting it. They're not cleaning it or they're cleaning it with acid, or some kind of scrubbing agent. You can go in there and clean it with our product and make it look brand spanking new. And that's all data tested. OK, we have hard rating testing. We have all independent laboratory testing. Uh, I haven't seen and we have two patents. I don't think anybody else has all those things. Um, we don't you know, I was just thinking of this. I saw I saw something from. Uh, from Keith Dobman the other day, you know, how he's going to be at the glass show. And those guys, those guys are terrific. They're always at the glass shows. I don't do the glass shows anymore. I don't have the, the capacity. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, man, we got to do the glass show. Man. You know, we used to do the NGA, the AGA. We used to do the golf tournaments and all that stuff. I think we've got a little lax, but uh, <laughs> got a lot of clients, you know, using our products, but you know, uh, one of the posts I saw didn't mention our product. I'm thinking, well, I'm glad I'm here with Chris, <laughs> you know, because, <laughs> you know, it all started with us getting into NASA. When we got into NASA, we also learned about titanium dioxide, which is the newest technology uh, that actually can, can change the world in regards to a carbon footprint. Titanium dioxide uh, is a photocatalyst. And if you look at this book right here, which I read the whole thing, okay, this, this is a photocatalyst. What it does, it decomposes organic material. You can put this on glass and make it hydrophilic. Okay, so we put this on curtain wall or exterior glass. That's like the self-cleaning glass, right? Exactly. Now, here's the difference. The self-cleaning glass, those molecules are put in the slump stage of the manufacturing glass. The molecules aren't that active. You need to put it on the surface of the glass. And that way, because what activates these molecules is sunlight. UVA and UVB sunlight hyperactivate these molecules, goes to a 6, 7H hard rating, so it stays on the glass for a very long time and makes it hydrophilic. And that's where the water just sheets. It just sheets off the glass. Instead of beating down the glass, it sheets down the glass. But here's something very interesting about photocatalytic technology with titanium dioxide. It converts carbon dioxide to carbon monoxide, which in turn feeds trees, which creates more oxygen, and it eats up carbon. Okay, they're spraying this stuff on freeway walls in Japan. Okay, so carbon footprints are reduced. Um, I was thinking of telling Elon, you know, it's SpaceX. I said, man, because I think he was giving out some kind of uh, award to somebody that can figure out how to how to stop the whole carbon, you know, carbon footprint thing. And it's right there. That's the most abundant molecule in the universe is titanium dioxide, TiO2. It's called the God molecule. And if you ever get a chance to read about it, it'll blow your mind. You can put this product in a, an aquarium, just drop it into an aquarium and you get no, uh, no scum buildup in an aquarium because it decomposes all that organic material. Hmm. Wow. Keeps it nice and clean. So I'm getting off track. I got a lot of science <laughs> in this brain. Yeah, we have we have nanosphere technology too, but I'm not going to talk to you about that. That'll freak you out. That was big with COVID. Uh, it's a zero VOC, which means it's a non-chemical and it's a mechanical kill that kills germs and viruses by imploding the mucous membrane. 
you know, people that have allergies, they say, I'm allergic to cats. Well, you're not allergic to the cat. You're allergic to the, you're not allergic to cat hair or fur. You're allergic to the protein that the cat licks onto his hair. Okay. And those proteins have a mucus uh, membrane around them. So with nanosphere technology, it electrifies it and implodes that mucus membrane. And now you're not allergic anymore. So that's a whole nother technology that we're into. But uh, as far as glass, do you have any questions so far about nanotechnology? And, and I, I can tell you a little more about um, how, how nanotechnology got its name. It got its name out of Silicon Valley, up by you, Chris. Uh, and uh, nanotechnology was basically formulated when they, when they made semiconductors. And it really pertains to the solids in the periodic chart, periodic table. So it has nothing to do with liquids. Did you, did you know that food coloring uh, is nanotechnology? Food did coloring. not know that. Yeah, food coloring is nanotechnology. Food coloring. Yeah, so food coloring is nanotechnology. So there's a lot of liquids out there that are, that are nanosized and particles, nanosized particles, which is one billionth the size of a meter. It's one billionth the size of a meter is considered nanotechnology. But... Um, uh, does anybody have any questions on anything? I know I'm kind of running through it here. <laughs> That's great. You're right on track. It's been about 25 minutes, so perfect, perfectly timed. Okay. I know there's got to be some questions out there. Some funny stories about some estimates I, I went out on. I love funny some, stories. Oh my God, I've got. I can tell you one. I, I went out to this guy in Costa Mesa to give a, an estimate on a shower. And a nice guy walked me in the house. I went and looked at the shower door, measured it all up, drew it all out real nice and detailed with my ruler and boom, boom, boom. And he goes, that looks great. But before I could give him a price, the doorbell rang. And I'm thinking, okay, great. Another, I'm thinking it's another shower door company coming to give him a bid. And I'm thinking, oh, great. But no, some girl came in, really pretty face. She came in and she's talking to him and she goes off to the bathroom. So I'm thinking she's, you know, a shower door salesperson, you know, and he comes out to me, says, Hey, listen, do you mind if she does her act in front of you? He says, I run a talent agency. You mind if she doesn't act? That's, that's fine. <laughs> this girl comes out and does a full strip show. I mean, strips down completely naked in front of me. I'm there to sell a shower door. I wasn't there for, you know, a full strip down show. So needless to say, the guy felt guilty and he did by the shower door. I, I've got I've got a lot of lot of stories. You did a lot of lot of estimates. So that's just one of my funny stories. Nice. No extra charge for the strip show. I've been. <laughs> I've been there before. Yeah. Hey, I got a quick question for you. If you got a second. Yeah, let's hear it. So the the person applying the the coating or whatever is. How do you protect them, or do you have to protect them from scents, chemicals, like a mask, ventilation? What, like what, what does that entail? That's a very, very good question. There are certain products out there that have hydrochloric acid in them, and you don't want to breathe that because it eliminates the oxygen in the immediate environment. Ours does not have hydrochloric acid in it. Uh, ours does have an acid base. If you're in a well-ventilated area, you're going to be fine. Uh, I have, um, you should wear a mask if you're doing a lot of applications. Uh, and you should wear gloves if you have a lot of applications. The nitro gloves are fine. When we set you up, you get all these things. And 
if you're doing it outside, we don't want you to do it in direct sunlight because it'll, it'll, it'll go to a, a one second cure time as opposed to a three second cure time. And there is a big difference in that. Um, but you need to be in a well-vented area, you know, especially if you're sensitive or doing a lot of panels. Uh, but if you're just doing a few panels here and there and you're doing them in the shop, it's well ventilated or even out in the field, uh, you're gonna be fine. There's nothing in there that's gonna harm you. But people are sensitive to alcohol. Right, isopropyl alcohol is, is kind of nasty. If you're using a lot of isopropyl alcohol, it dries out the mucous membranes around your eyes. So your eyes will start to turn red and get a little dry. And then your mucous membranes, your passages will start to get a little dry. Um, so these are people that are more sensitive to these things. I have people that don't use anything and don't complain about nothing. And then I have other people that say, hey man, I, I can't, I have to use a mask with this. So. You can use, uh, we do recommend a mask. It's in our instructions that you do, and that, that protects us and it protects, uh, protects you. But that's a very good question. We do recommend it. Nice. Hey, there's a question that in the chat um, asking if you could explain how Guardian is able to manufacture quote unquote poreless glass. Can you explain that? I can a little bit. I know a little bit about it. It's, it's, it's an ion beam. Uh, that is that is shot onto the glass in the slump stage of the glass. So picture this. Um, you got a birthday cake, right? And you're putting on the frosting. Okay. And when you put on the frosting, you got, the, you got these frosting little hills and valleys, right? Well, instead of doing the hills and valleys, you take an ion beam or an ion knife and you go across and you just go across smoothly across the top. And now you have a porous, poreless surface. I don't like a poreless surface because this is what happens to surfaces after they become worn, they become poreless. Glass needs to breathe, just like granite. Granite is a living and breathing stone. So uh, glass, glass, in my opinion, needs to have its porosity. We put in our carbon base in there, but what we're doing is we're doing it naturally because we're bonding to oxygen. And when you bond to oxygen, you're bonding carbon atoms to oxygen, they automatically bond to each other. And the way ours is, the way the elements are put together is that you get the, the electrons, okay? You've got three electrons in both and they're bonding to each other. Or you get a double-double bond, uh, what we call a double-double bond, which is kind of like this. Or you get a three bridge bond, which is like, which is like this, okay? So sometimes it'll be a double-double or it'll be a three-bridge three bond, covalent or chemical. Some people call it a chemical bond. but Guardian is, is, is a good product in the fact that the glass won't corrode, but as far as keeping it clean, um, I don't think there's an advantage there, but I just don't know enough about it. Fair enough. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome, Christina. <laughs> Who else? Anybody got a question? I can tell you how to uh, take care of old glass that has uh, hard water damage on it, uh, if you like. We have how glass reacts to water. Uh, this, this tells you exactly how glass reacts to water um, and why uh, the water can make the glass corrode. Um, when we go in and we have uh, a shower door that has hard water stains, and corrosion that is very like 
you know, so bad that, you know, they can't get out the hard water stains. As long as the glass hasn't been acid washed over and over again, we can get that glass looking really good. Because when you acid wash glass, you're going beyond stage one and stage two corrosion. You're going into stage three corrosion. Now you need to get your uh, uh, serum oxides. You got to get your sander and you got to get in there and, and sand the glass down and basically make glass pores again, open up the pores again of the glass and then put the coating on. Hopefully you don't get to that stage. If you get to stage two corrosion, we have a product, product called Diamond Luster that actually bonds to that magnesium and calcium that we talked about, but it's a wheat crackle. And when you put that on, kind of scrub it in. It's a little scrubby pad you scrub it in with uh, and uh, let it sit for about four or five minutes and it'll draw out that magnesium calcium. Oh, wait. Um, oh, what's that? Is there a question? I didn't hear that. I think I might have just spent some background noise. So when you do that, when you leave that on and then you can just wash it off with water, that glass will come pristine. And there's many videos. There was a video done by Hannah's Happy Home where she picked up the product and advertised it on the Internet with her with her podcast that she does. And she couldn't believe how clean she got her glass. Uh, uh, but that's what it does. It goes in there and it's, it's, it's non-invasive. It's, it's, there's no acid in it. There's a little bit of ammonia in it. Uh, and it bonds to the calcium and the magnesium and draws it from the glass. And then when you wash the glass down, presto, it looks like it's brand new. Unless that glass has been acid washed, that glass is going to look brand new. Okay. If you're using acid-based cleaners, and we all know which ones those are, those scrubbing agents, you know, you're going to break, break it down. You're going to break down that glass, you break down that tile, and eventually those surfaces are going to look dull, and you're going to say, how did this happen? Well, most likely the maid did it, right? They want to blame the maid. Yeah, but, maid did it. Yeah, but, you know, those, there's, there's a lot of cleaners out there. I mean, that's the way we used to clean back in the 60s and 70s, you know? We used the harsh cleaners. You know? Get a bigger hammer, you know? It's, it's crazy. So now we, now we use science. And we know the molecules. You, we know it bonds to molecules. We want to pull out the magnesium and calcium. Those are the bad guys. We can make that glass look brand new. And then we can seal the glass. And we have, we have kits for, for retail-grade kits that people can use to do that kind of thing. But I'm not here to sell you. I'm just here to tell you the science <laughs> on it uh, and, and let you know that we've been doing this longer than anybody. Uh, except UNALCO, UNALCO's been, been doing a long time. Great people over there. Uh, they don't have our science, but uh, they have some good products over there. Um, you know, uh, there's another company with a similar name, but I think they're French because they have no D at the end of their name. Uh, but uh, you know, there's a few there's a few decent companies out there that do different types of applications, but. Like I said before, anybody can make glass hydrophobic and you go, wow, look at the water beat up on the glass. There was a video that we did not too long ago. I don't know if you saw it, Chris, where we where we did a glass table and we used a little pin and we moved the water. I molecule. did see that. That was pretty impressive. Yeah. So and then we blew on it and the water just blew right off the table. Um, mm -hmm. So not only are we going to the highest contact angle of anybody else, we're also going to an anti-corrosive. Uh, state. So our molecules have been been known to be on the glass for up to 20 years. 20 years. Um, here's, here's a big key, though. If you get a customer that you think might just screw everything up, we tell them to use 
our diamond blue wash on the surface. The blue product, anti-static, zero VOC, eco-friendly product. <clears throat> what this has in it is about 2% of our liquid diamond. So it's kind of like retreading the tires you get on the road. That customer's never gonna have a problem. They're never gonna call you back and say they have an issue. The only time they have an issue is when their maid goes in there and uses those scrubbing agents and those cleansers and screws up the coating. The original coating, very, very difficult to remove. You never have to recoat the Diamondize XP, okay? But it can be reinstated in a sense by cleaning it properly and then putting a little liquid diamond on. Then you can go back to that 20 year expansion on the, on the, on the, uh, on the protection. Hey, Michael, what's your question about corrosion? All right, so you're pretty much the only person I've ever heard mention corrosion in glass in the same sentence, right? And so when we're talking to the customer, it's gonna be likely the same thing. So what, what about a shower door? Is it just the environment is it in? Is it the, is it the water? Is it hot water? Is it the soap? Is like, what, what causes corrosion more so in a shower door than like a glass top? Because you could put a glass top on your dining room table and the thing doesn't corrode. So right. what about a shower door in that environment is causing that corrosion, to expedite that corrosion? Well, in a shower, <clears throat> you, have, you have water, right? And you also have steam, you know? So when you have hot showers and things like that, it opens kind of opens the pores of the glass. We're talking about glass that doesn't have a protective coating on it. Uh, and then, like I said, glass has calcium and magnesium, 73% silicus, the rest of it's magnesium, calcium, little iron, and a few other elements. So that magnesium and the calcium that's in the glass bonds to the magnesium and calcium in the water, okay? And the pH level goes down, which makes an acid, okay? pH goes down, that becomes an acid based on the atomic level in the substrate. And so it starts to etch the glass. So this is what happens. Your glass starts to corrode. Your glass starts to corrode immediately after it's manufactured because there's hydrogen on everything. You have hydrogen on your skin. Any surface has water molecules or some kind of hydrogen uh, on it. So uh, that's why we take, like I said, that's why we have antioxidants. We take antioxidants because, and that's why like, people put wax on their cars because you need to separate hydrogen, okay, water from oxygen. If you can put a barrier between hydrogen and oxygen, guess what? Never, ever have corrosion. Never. You never have oxygen. So, so generally, um, minerals in the water are what... Um, Kind of Correct. reacts with the glass, mostly with the glass. Correct. And so is it hot water, soft water, all water? All water, all water. Even if you have soft water or a, a water purification system, even if you have 3% minerals, it's still going to happen. You know, if you have hard water, it's just going to accelerate a little faster. You know, if you live out in the desert and you've got well water or whatnot, it's going to accelerate a little faster. So uh, I just tell a customer that this is something you need. Uh, you know, you're spending a lot of money on a shower door. It's going to last a long time. Even if you let it go to hell in a handbasket, five years down the line, you can make the glass look brand new again with just a little elbow grease with a luster without damaging the coating. And it reinstates the hydrophobicity. You're good to go. So we've been doing this a long time and we're with some big time, big time players. And we can't, we can't have a flawed system. We've kind of overbuilt it by handing Mrs. Jones the diamond blue wash. You hand Mrs. Jones diamond blue wash. She's going to use this on her granite. 
on our wood cabinets. It's anti-static, so you can use it on our windows or pool tile. This is a fantastic product. And this product, we allow you to, what we do, uh, a co-labeling. You can put your logo on here if you wanted to, yeah. which is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. That makes you kind of, a, kind of a guru. It's not a private label, it's a co-label. Um, so that's kind of cool. So you put your name on that. I have a customer who comes and buys a gallon of that stuff from me like every, I don't know, six months or so. She shows up. She wants another gallon of it. So yeah. it's like, so we keep some gallons in stock. It is a, it's a great product. Yeah. Yeah. We have another product for, for cars called, uh, uh, called uh, Monster, which on your plastic, on your car, if it looks like it's just completely dead, you can bring it back to life. It actually bleeds into the plastic. Most of the stuff that people try to make their plastic come back is just a surface coating that they're putting on. Our stuff actually goes into the plastic and becomes a, it holds in the plastic for about six months or, or possibly a year. It just depends on uh, the conditions, you know. Send me a bottle of that stuff. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the titanium dioxide, that, that stuff's crazy for your curtain wall, your storefront glass. Um, and now that product takes about 10 days to go to become active. I, I did a guy's uh, windscreen years ago with it. And I said, listen, uh, you're going to have to let this harden for 10 days and don't, don't water it down. Just leave the glass alone. The sun will beat on it and it'll, it'll harden to a seven H hard rating. And then it becomes hydrophilic. It takes a little time. Uh, so he calls me up a few days later and says, my glass looks like shit. It looks like, you know, horrible. Strip this stuff off. I don't want it on my glass. I said, Mr. Jones, I said, you got to leave it on the glass for 10 days. Call me back in 10 days. Or just in 10 days, just hit it with a hose and all that, all that excess material that turned to chalk will come right off. All the bird droppings, all the tree sap will come right off. Just hit it with a hose. The guy called me back 10 days later. He said, my God. The glass just was just became completely clean again. So yeah, all you hit it did was hit it with a hose. Yeah. Wow. And that's hey, titanium dioxide. Talk a little bit about um, the thing with the football helmets that you were telling me about before we started. That was really interesting. Well, with the football helmets, we just got clearance through uh, Clemson. Uh, Clemson, their whole their whole science division is picking this up to do uh, a helmet to helmet uh, concussion test. Uh, with the helmets. The original test that we did was about three years ago with Abilene uh, Independent Labs. Uh, I figured in our lab that we have, I figured we we're gonna be at about a 5% rotational friction reduction. We went to 25% rotational friction reduction, which is actually uh, higher than any padding you can put in a helmet. So for the last six and seven years, USC has been using it, UCLA, no helmet helmet concussions have been reported. So it's tremendous. Now we're trying to get it in Clemson's labs. We've been cleared for that. So now it's going to go through their lab testing. We have probably about 30% of the NFL is using it now. Uh, we have a lot of collegians that are using it, a lot of, uh, a lot of high schools that are using it. But it just doesn't have national, national exposure. So I think through Clemson doing their testing and, and validating everything, the NFL will do it through their labs. And then maybe the next couple of years, you'll hear a lot more about how. Well, yeah. And not to mention this podcast, because like this reaches like, like dozens of people every week, you know? So it's like, you're going to just be 
out there. Um, but no, so back up a little bit. So now you're talking about diamond seal, right? On, yeah, on football helmets. It's called helmet glide. It's a version of diamond seal. It's made for part polycarbonate. Okay. It's so made it's for made polycarbonate. Okay. Yeah. So it's made to bond to the, to the poly helmet. Uh, and uh, it creates a super hydrophobic surface and it also makes it or a super slick surface. And it also doesn't, it doesn't translate into your hands. This is Aaron Rodgers had said something about that with our product through, uh, through uh, uh, Green Bay when he was at Green Bay. He said, I don't want that shit on my helmet. I don't want it to get on my hands. It'll make the football too slippery, you know? So, you know, we had to say, hey, you know, it doesn't do that. You can touch your helmet. It doesn't come off on your hands, you know? So um, they ended up picking it up like a year or two later. <laughs> So, yeah. And then just assume like that. I'm not very smart. I know it's a stretch, but like, imagine I'm not very smart and I'm listening to you. So like, so explain what, what's happening here. So it's, it's making the helmets um, so that when they collide, they don't um, it's reducing the friction, right? Right. It's kinetic energy. So what we want to do is we want to redirect the energy. So if we can redirect the energy over the shell of the helmet, it doesn't penetrate direct through the helmet, you know, into the padding in the skull. We're not making claims that it's not going to be concussion proof. We can't make those claims because we don't want those liabilities. We're going to let the NFL make those claims once they do their testing. Um, but what we're saying is that we've seen no helmet to helmet concussions with this product. That's what we've seen. Um, so if we can actually take the energy when you have, because nobody hits perfectly direct on, because you're talking about a spherical, you know, uh, helmet. So right. what happens is when you hit, there is a gliding or sliding effect regardless. And if you can make that surface on a nanoscale, you can actually take the porosity out of the equation, then you're actually reducing the rotational friction by 25%. So, and that's where we're at right now. We're at 25%, which is tremendous. So we have other labs that are picking it up to do the data testing. It takes a long time. We've been doing Helmet Glide now for about seven years. Uh, um, Kevin McLean, who is the second string quarterback to Rodney Pete at USC is, is, is running our campaign. Uh, he works for us. He's a second string quarterback at USC. So he got us into USC, got us into UCLA, and uh, got us into Cal, a few other schools that did some did some actual, you know, field play with it and actually reported some tremendous, uh, tremendous reports back to us in regards to uh, how it made players safer. That's awesome. I know that, that's a big deal in football is um, concussions and anything that can be done to – reduce that's like huge yeah we're having a, actually baseball teams are looking at us now and and lacrosse i think lacrosse and some other some and motorcycle helmets and things like that are looking at us now hockey hockey you say hockey yeah, Spencer's yeah. Over here. yeah hockey Hon has spherical helmets and pucks and stuff yeah, yeah. you also you also have teeth I hate to take and teeth <laughs> maybe we cut teeth yeah, we had a coating. Not cream. a lot of teeth, but there's a few. <laughs> a few of the original <laughs> stuff, right? They're all capped and I don't know how many freaking, what are they called? Uh, no. Um, oh, my God. Not fillings. You, you go on and you get a uh, uh, root canal. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. I've had five fruit canals. It's all that candy I ate when I was a kid, you know? You always need to develop something for the teeth, some like diamond seal teeth stuff, you know? Yeah. It was like now the diamond seal, it does it make the glass, the surface of the glass harder? Uh, that is a myth. That is kind of a myth. Uh, what okay. it does, it changes the deflection ratio. Deflection ratio. Okay. So when you see a guy doing a BB test and he's shooting it at a car at this angle, and he says, Oh, look, the window cracked. And then you go, now we coated it. Look at where he's standing now. <laughs> right. Standing over okay, here. I see where you're going with that. Oh, so it's a deflection ratio is reduced by the angle of contact. Okay. If you use our coating and the way our coating works and you use the, the two-part system, the deflection ratio shrunk. It's okay. shrunk. So it's less likely to crack or break. Got and, it. Uh, Got so it. as far as making the servers harder, uh, in reference to deflection ratio, you can say yes, but in regards to actually making the substrate harder, no. That in, would a, be, in a sense. Yeah, a resin would. A resin would make it harder. Right. Okay. It's, it's two different animals, really. It really is okay. two different animals. Yeah. Thanks for your honesty. I appreciate that. Hey, Robert has a question for you. What's, what's up, Robert? Hey, guys. So you may have, I, I actually have two. You, you may have answered this question in the beginning. I didn't hear it, but um, you mentioned isopropyl alcohol. 50-50 with water. Is there a difference using denatured alcohol? Because we use that a lot here. Good question. Good question. Uh, denatured alcohol is a carcinogen. So I wouldn't recommend denatured alcohol. I know they have it on the marketplace. I know it's out there, but in volume, it is considered carcinogen. So I would not go with a denatured alcohol. Painters use it, but painters don't care. They, they deal with all kinds of fumes, but... <laughs> Um, through our data and through, through what we've been exposed to, we were told that it was a carcinogen. So uh, we don't go with that. We need something, and it also leaves a wet environment. Uh, so what we want to do is create a dry environment. We want to pull out the silica dust that you get from the factory. We want to pull out mainly the petroleums uh, from fingerprints and any kind of petroleums in the air, because these will block the application and then taking off any other contaminants, uh, microcontaminants, nanocontaminants that might be in the surface, exposing that last standing oxygen atom. You can't eliminate that last standing oxygen atom from glass. It's a part of the glass, okay? So glass has these pores, right? You're my bent finger from all this years of football right there. It's all big. Anyway, so you have this pore structure. This, you got a surface structure of glass, and then you have the main meat of the glass. And down here, when you use the isopropyl alcohol, Okay, we call it a diamond prep. Okay, we make it ourselves, and you can make it yourself. You can buy from us and make it yourself. So we blow out all the contaminants that are in here, and we attach that last standing oxygen atom with a carbon atom, and they crystallize, and they, they share that electron, that three-bridge electron, and then they build to the surface, creating an actual sealed surface. So that's how that works. Uh, and then if you want, you can put the liquid diamonds on top, and you get an anti-static. And it's kind of a superficial coating that'll last through transit and last for a couple of years on its own. That's a fantastic product too. It's got seven different size molecules in it. Think of it this way. If you take a funnel and you take seven different size marbles in a funnel and you shake it, what's going to happen? The little marbles are going to go through first. 
Right, so the little marbles are gonna fill in all the little nooks and crannies, right? And the bigger marbles are gonna fill the bigger parts. And so you really have, are you closing out any oxygen and any hydrogen out of the surface? So that's that barrier that we talked about that eliminates the hydrogen or the water from the oxygen. When you put a barrier between those two suckers, can you turn the light back on? When you uh, put a barrier between those two guys, you don't have oxidation. Cool. That, that's the whole name of the game. So but you have to understand, for us to build this line and to go through everything we've gone through to build this line, you have to understand the substrate first. You can't just guess. You can't just say, I'm going I'm to make a product to go on glass and, and it'll be hydrophobic and, you know, look at it. Wow, it looks great. You have to understand the chemical makeup of glass if you're going to have something work for a long lasting time and continue to work without degrading the glass, without degrading the glass. Um, yeah. Glass degrades. It just, it just does, just like everything does. We do. We die through oxidation. The th second law of thermodynamics. Okay, you're, you're going above my head there. Oh, no, come on, come on. <laughs> so did you have one more, Robert? Just real quick. Um, so we use diamond fusion. And we've been using them for a while. So in comparison to what, what you, your product is. Diamond fusion is a vapor product. We had that product back in the 90s. We stepped out of that because of the hydrochloric acid. It was just too too much of a risk for us. So we stepped away from it. Um, they kind of picked up that technology and ran with it. Um, the issue there for me is, um, you know, it's a good product. Um, I don't sell apparatus, I sell liquid technology. So that's one of the biggest things. But the thing about glass, okay, when you spray a product on glass or you vaporize something on glass, you're not breaking that hydrogen barrier. You need to compress the product into the glass. So we have a trowel, okay? You put the Diamondize XP on the trowel. And then what you do is you press it into the glass and that compression guarantees full bonding application. To get a full bond application, and if you don't prep it properly, you have an issue there. Time-wise, you still have to clean the glass, put it on the rack, put it in the machine, take it out, clean it off. I think there's a lot more mechanics in that. Uh, I think in, in some applications, you know, people are doing high, high volume. This is probably a great application for them, right? Because they don't want to touch the glass. Diamond Fusion has a good product, but uh, I, I just think ours has much more durability and a longer lasting product. I have, I have actually gone out and, and had to uh, uh, fix products uh, that, that other companies have done uh, on, on projects um, because the product did not go, uh, you know, it didn't seal completely on, on the substrate. And this can happen with any kind of product. It, it, it's really up to the applicator, you know, so whoever's running the machine, uh, whoever's doing the application, I mean, we have to follow guidelines and make sure we're doing it right to get the application. Uh, but for me, uh, our product is a lot less expensive. I haven't raised my prices in 2010. I come from the glass industry. I know how profits you know, are in the glass industry. Uh, the funny thing about the glass and shattered industries, glass breaks, that's a motto. It breaks, so when it breaks, you lose you lose profit. Um, so uh, adding this on, and this is how this is what kept us in business was developing Diamond Seal. 
uh, kept us in business. So we have we have our heart in it, you know. Um, so, but I, I have nothing bad to say about those other products. I just feel, of course, my product is better. I mean, we were invited to NASA and they told us that it was. So <laughs> they're all good, you know. It's just mine's just the best. Okay, so um, Michael has one more question here as we're wrapping it up. What is it, Michael? Do you mask off the areas where the hinges are going or the pivots, or does it cause it like to be slippery and, or do you just no. mask right over it? No. Okay. No. no. Some companies had done that in the past, and uh, through our, our testing and through our feedback uh, from our from our dealers, there hasn't been a problem. You know, you're you're going through you're going through the coating when you're when you're clamping when you're clamping down. You're putting that uh, the the uh, the little black grommet in there and then you're tightening down you shouldn't have that problem i have some people that do some people that don't but uh i haven't had any issues coming back no feedback coming back that the, that the hinges have slipped off you know if you have an oversized panel that requires three hinges and you only put in two well that's on you because i've seen that before you know they always pull out from the top uh maybe a a, a 42 uh, 84 you know you need three or four hinges on something like that um but i haven't had any feedback on that all right one more question fighter has a question what is it bro hey how are you guys very you quick man? yeah we're running out of time so uh <laughs> once we are applying the the diamond seal with the micro the microfiber cloth that cloth is going to be sealed at a certain point. So should I like just throw away? And every time that I'm applying, I use a new one, like uh, like one microfiber cloth for a day, or can I wash it and reuse it? You can wash it. You can wash it. Uh, the microfiber cloth itself will last up to 300 washes. Our microfiber cloths are uh, one gram is equal to 11,800 yards of thread. One gram, 11,800 yards of thread. Our products, our Blue Wash was actually designed around the microfiber technology. When you use this with a microfiber cloth, your cloth doesn't bind up in your hand like it does with other, other cleaning products. Um, but if you're talking about the trowel, yeah. putting the Diamondized XP on here, maybe the liquid diamonds, you're going to probably, depending on how many doors you're doing, you're probably going to get like 50 to 100 doors possibly more but uh, these just velcro off and then you just throw another one off and they're not that expensive you know mm -hmm. but you can wash these too the staining will never come out though if it starts to stain or look dark you're never going to get that out. but the cloth is still good okay thank you uh-huh awesome <clears throat> well hey james thanks so much for coming on i mean that was that was awesome I think um, I think you covered a lot of territory there, and uh, I posted your website in the chat there. It's just uh, diamondsealsystems.com. So it's diamond with a D, you know, diamond seal systems. I want to say one other thing. I want to introduce you, my my boy here. This is okay. This uh, this is Spencer Aiken. Nice to meet you. Hi, Spencer. We put him into sales. We have my three sons, my wife, my brother's wife, and my other two brothers. This is a family business, and we're very tight-knit. We hold all our products proprietary. 
Nobody has these uh, developments, but you, you give, you give them to you. Awesome. Yeah. Well, great. Hey, you heard it here first. You got it. So <laughs> thanks again for coming on and uh, thanks everybody for showing up. It's always fun. We will be back again next week with more fun and surprises. So tell all your friends and we'll see you next week. Hey, this is Chris Phillips, and I want to thank you for listening to the podcast. You may want to join the Shower Door Professionals group on Facebook. Just go to Facebook and search for Shower Door Pros, and you'll find us. I look forward to seeing you.